Well, as, as Adam said earlier, we're launching into a seven-week series, the seventh week being Easter, um, and, and it's all about Jesus. And so for the next seven weeks, we're going to be looking at different um, stories and events that happened in, in Jesus' life and aspects of Jesus' life that hopefully will, will prepare our hearts and prepare us for the Easter celebration. And so I just want to say this, for uh, about 12, 13 years, maybe 14 years, I, um, I've been in ministry and, and I've been as an associate, and, and I just want to say that one of the things I've loved about being able to preach more is that I feel like I'm much more in tune with what we're talking about and what we're doing because I'm studying it and I'm, I'm living in it, and, and I've just got to say that it's been amazing for me to work through these things and experience them. And I say that for this reason, just to tell you that the more you're studying, the more you're diving into what we're talking about, the more it's just going to open your mind and heart and God is going to do amazing things. And, and I've been experiencing that and it's not that I wasn't paying attention or I wasn't a part of the church or anything like that. I was here every Sunday, but just studying deeper and getting into it has been a really positive thing. And so over the next seven weeks in this season of Lent, which leads us up and prepares our hearts for Easter, I would just challenge you to dive in to the scriptures. We're going to be working through the book of Mark quite a bit, but the book of John, I'm going to have some scriptures out of there. And, and I would just challenge you to read those at home, study those, think about what those mean for you. And so today we're going to talk about Jesus, the Son. We're going to talk about the special relationship between Jesus and the Father, and, and I hope that every one of us will walk away from here today having felt that this is relevant to us and have, having known that God was with us and hopefully experiencing this relationship in some way today. And so we're going to jump into that. In, in high school, um, one of my youth pastors, his name was Dave Johnson. And Dave was like six foot five, six foot six, somewhere in there, and just a mountain of a man. I mean, he was huge, just a solid rock. And Dave was one of my youth pastors. I'll never forget Dave several times. I hope I don't get him in trouble here. But several times he would look at me and he would say, I'm going to kill you. Because I was, I was just being me. And he, and he didn't mean it. He was joking. You could probably get yourself in trouble these days for that. But Dave was just this giant, awesome guy who always was consistent. And, and I never questioned whether Dave loved me or not. But Dave's biggest saying that he would say, he said this to us all the time, was this. It's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And the longer I've lived, and the more I've been around and experienced things, the more I've realized that relationships are everything in our lives. Our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, it's all about relationships. There's no doubt in my mind that that's true. And so I want you to take a second. And I want you to think about who the most positive relationship in your life has been. Who is the person that's been the most positive influence and relationship in your life? And now if you're married, I want you to turn to the person. If you're sitting next to your spouse, I want you to turn to them and say, it's you, even if you don't really mean it. Let's score some points today. Um, but think about who was the most positive relationship in your life. What did that relationship do for you? 
How, how did it make you feel? How did it change you? I, I would imagine that that, they, that relationship made you happy. I would, I would imagine that, that that made you experience life in a better way. I would imagine that when you go through difficult times, you can remember that relationship, and that relationship helped you get through those difficult times and helped you have a better attitude. I, I would imagine that part of that relationship is that you knew that that person cared about you more than anything else, and you knew that that person loved you and had your best interest at heart. So I had a friend. His name is Rob. He's actually, he, he grew up at this church somewhat. He spent several years here. And I met Rob in college, and he's one of my best friends. And I just got to tell you a little bit about Rob, because Rob was one of these positive relationships in my life. So I, I met Rob when we moved here in college, and we became really good friends. We would hang out at his house all the time. And I remember he was in my wedding, and so when Megan and I got married, we, were, we got married right here in the church, and I don't think this platform was here, so we were probably up here somewhere, but, but I, I'm an emotional guy, right? You guys know that. I cry all the time, and I had a little bit of a fear that I was going to get into this, this wedding day, and all these people were going to be gathered here at the wedding, and I was going to lose it. And so I had a genius plan. I'm going to put Rob right behind Megan. I'm going to put Rob so that when I'm looking at Megan, Rob Root is right there behind her so that when I, if I start to get emotional or sad or something like that or I, I start to tear up, I can just look over at Rob and I'll smile because he always made me smile. Rob was the best. He made me happy. And, and, and I'll never forget on, on, at my reception of, of the wedding, um, Rob walks up to me and he kind of liked, he was always an encouraging guy and he, he loved those kind of like big moments where, where, you know, you'd shake someone's hand and tell them something great. And so Rob walked up to me at my reception and he said, Alex, I just want you to know that if I hadn't met you, I wouldn't be here today. And I said, well, yeah, Rob, it's my wedding. I wouldn't have invited you, obviously. But Rob, I mean, Rob was the best. He, he loved me. And one of the things that I love about him is that he was always encouraging me. More than anyone else, I never questioned that he had my best interests at heart. And it was like when I was going through something good, he was right there with me. And you could see it on his face that he was happy for me. And when I was hurting, he was right there with me. And you could see on his face that he wanted to help me out. Rob was one of these positive relationships. Think about the most positive relationship you've had and the effect it had on you. Here's the thing, our relationships affect us in a lot of different ways. If you just go Google the, uh, the effect of relationships, you'll get study after study that talks about what relationships do to us. And so one of them that I came across was from a thing called Live Science. So this is a scientific thing, or at least it's called that. It's on the internet, so it's got to be true, right? But it's, it's a scientific study and it was all about the effects that relationships have on us. And so this is what it had to say about negative relationships. Negative relationships can actually increase the chances of you having heart problems. And so we talk about having a broken heart 
Literally, a bad relationship can hurt your heart, can make your heart more vulnerable to disease. The second thing, and this is a kind of an obvious one, is that negative relationships can affect our mental stability, they can affect our self-esteem, they can affect the way we look at ourselves, and I'm sure you guys can all remember some relationship where somebody said something or did something to you, and it had a big effect on the way you looked at yourself and the way that you lived your life. Another thing is it affects your overall health. It can actually affect your weight. A negative relationship can cause you to gain weight or lose weight in an unhealthy way, and I'm gonna give you proof of this. Because I have a negative relationship with McDonald's. And you've heard about it before. And it's causing me to gain weight. But, but relationships literally can change your weight. They can make you less healthy. They can in, increase stress in your life. And, and, and they, they say that relationships can even lead to, bad relationships can lead to slower recovery from disease or sickness. And so mentally, physically, our relationships have an effect on us. On the opposite side, positive relationships lift us up. They make us stronger. They give us a better self-esteem. They can help us heal. And so relationships are huge. They shape who we are, don't they? I'll bet every one of you could think of at least two or three relationships in your life that have made you who you are today. Maybe that's a parent. Maybe that's, um, maybe that's one of your children. Maybe that's a best friend or a relative or a mentor or a teacher or a coach. But we can probably all think of a few relationships that have shaped us into who we are today. We are the product of relationships. Whether it's extreme brokenness, and some of you here today might be sitting here thinking about a terrible relationship you've had that's changed the course of your life and brought brokenness and pain to your life. And some of you might be sitting here thinking of a person in your life like Rob for me who just lifted you up and made your life better and changed the course of your life for the better. We are a product of our relationships. But here's, here's the bad news today. Even our best human relationships are not perfect and are broken in some ways. And so let me just confess something to you this morning. Thursday nights are, are a night that we call daddy night at my house because Megan works about 40, 45 minutes away from the house at a school out in Anderson. And so on, on Thursday nights, she actually stays out in Milford most nights with her parents and takes the two younger boys because that they're watching them the next day. So it's just easier for her to be there since she's at school late. And so Thursday nights are daddy nights. And that means that Eli and Sam and I have a night to ourselves. And so we take that opportunity to hang out and do fun things and watch movies and just really have good time with me and the boys. Well, can I be honest with you and tell you that this Thursday, I blew it. We had an awesome night. We went to dinner at Gold Star. There's nothing better than that. That's where my dad took me when I was a kid. I love going to Gold Star. Well, actually, when, I, when we went to this, we used to go to this Gold Star every Friday, Eli and I, Eli and I would. And, and when Charlie was being born, the owner of the Gold Star right here on Tylersville actually offered to watch our kids while we were at the hospital. And I was like, thank you, but I'm not going to leave my kids at Gold Star. It's cool, but I mean, it's great. 
But, but I mean, we had a great night. We ate Gold Star together, and then we went home and we watched a movie together, and everything was going great. But then that terrible time of night came around called bedtime, and all of a sudden, Eli and Sam started to get tired. And what happens when it's bedtime and Eli and Sam are tired is that they start to fight, and they start to argue. And if I'm not feeling well, or I'm not in a good place, or I'm tired, sometimes I don't handle it so well. And so it started, and they started fighting over who was going to sleep in what spot and what was going to happen, and, and then they started arguing, and then I, I told Sam that they needed to go up to their room, and they needed to sleep in their own rooms, and they got upset with me, and Sam started crying and throwing a fit, as Sam can do, because we talked about it. he's sweet and sour, and he started to be sour, and can I just tell you the truth that I wasn't a very good dad on Thursday night. I love my boys more than anything in the world. I would never do anything to hurt them intentionally. But Thursday night, I lacked grace, and I lacked peace, and I lacked love. And Sam and I just got into it and had one of those battles that, that if you're a parent, you've had with your kid. And for about 20 minutes, we were getting into it. And, and he, I, I just wasn't loving him and being graceful with him like I need to be. And so even a relationship that I love Sam more than anything else in the world and I would do anything for him, I'm not perfect. And sometimes I blow it. And I'll bet you can think of plenty of times that you've blown it too in relationships. I'll bet you can think of plenty of times where you had brokenness in a relationship and it's painful and it's not right. Well, let's jump into scripture. The first time that we see Jesus in the book of Mark, we see him being baptized by John. But it's not just Jesus and John there. And so Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 11 says this. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, saying, You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And so we see this moment where Jesus is being baptized, and he's coming up out of the water, and all of a sudden, we see this beautiful Hollywood, Hallmark, picturesque moment where the clouds open up, and the Father and the Spirit are there, and the Father says, You are my son, with whom I love with whom I'm well pleased, and we see this beautiful moment of love. But here's the thing. This isn't the first time that we've seen these three together. This isn't the first time that we've seen Jesus and the Father and the Spirit together. Actually, if you go read the very beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis, the first chapters, you'll see that before any of this was created, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit we're together in relationship. In fact, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind." And so we see before any of this was created, the first thing that ever existed before heavens and earth and anything else was this relationship 
between God and Jesus and the Spirit. We call that the Trinity, and I'm not going to dive into that because we don't have four hours here today. But we saw this perfect relationship. And so we come back to the book of Mark, and the first thing we see in the book of Mark is this relationship and the Trinity together in this beautiful moment of Jesus coming out of the water and the Father saying, I love you, you're my son, and I'm pleased with you. And so I was trying to think about, do I have any moments like this in my life? Obviously, my dad and I are pretty close. And the closest thing I could come up with was 2006, when it was my ordination service in the Church of the Nazarene. And so we were in a church, Columbia First Church in South Carolina, and, and I was being ordained. And so what happens if you've never been to an ordination service is that they'll have the person that's being ordained come and kneel at the altar, and they'll have a bunch of other ordained pastors. Any ordained pastor in the, in the place will come, and they'll lay hands on them, and they'll pray for them. And then they have a special person come and pray, someone that's been a mentor or someone that's been very special in that person's life will come and pray over that person. And so, of course, my dad prayed over me. And so we have this, this beautiful moment where I'm kneeling at the altar and all of these pastors are around me and my dad has his hand on my head and is praying this ordination prayer. And you know what I remember from it? I remember that I was kind of taking a shower because, of course, my dad's tears were just dripping on my head. And, and, and Brian Crabtree said that might not have just been tears. It may have been snot and other things. I don't know. But all I remember from that beautiful moment that was kind of like this moment was all these tears dropping on my head. But we see this moment where the Father and the Son and the Spirit are there, and the Father says, Son, this is my Son. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. What we see in the Father and in Jesus the Son is perfect relationship. And so today I want to talk about that relationship and what it means to our relationships, what it means to us today. And so what made that, that relationship so perfect? I think three things for sure. Number one, Jesus found his identity and his purpose in the Father. If you read through the Gospels, you'll hear Jesus say over and over again things like this. That when, when he's a young boy, he stays at the temple, and his parents don't know where he was. And when they find him, he says, didn't you know I would be in my father's house? He knew his father. He said things like, if you know me, then you know the father. If you know the father, then you know me. We're the same. I do nothing apart from the Father. The Father has sent me and I do the Father's will. And so if you read the scriptures over and over again, you'll see that Jesus identifies himself as the Son. And he's identified himself in the Father. And everything that he is, is the Father. He has the same purpose. They're one. They're unified. And they have the same purpose in everything that Jesus is is the Father. We find our identity in relationships, don't we? You guys can probably all remember high school or college when you got that first serious boyfriend or girlfriend, and you remember, like for me, it was I was at Treveca and I was playing video games and hanging out with the guys every night, and then all of a sudden I got a girlfriend, and the guys didn't see me very much anymore, because all of a sudden, my identity was wrapped up in this relationship. And you guys can probably all think of a time where either you or a friend had that happen. We wrap ourselves up in identity in our relationships. And Jesus, his identity was the son 
of the Father. And his purpose was the Father's purpose. And so one of the things that made their relationship great was that they were one, they were unified, and Jesus identified himself as the Son. The second thing is that Jesus found his value in the Father. If you read through the scriptures, you'll see that no matter what happened to Jesus, no matter what other people thought of him, no matter what they did to him, no matter how bad they tried to hurt him, Jesus knew that his value was in the Father. He was the Son. And if you look back at this baptism moment and you see the Father looking down and saying, I love you, you're my boy, that's where his value came from. And you could see that moment, I have a great relationship with my father. And if my father loves me, it doesn't so much matter to me if you're mean to me. Because I find my value there. And Jesus found his value in the father. The third thing we see is that their love and their, their relationship was made up of perfect love. Now what does that mean? On Wednesday nights, there's a, there's a small group of us that are, are reading a book together called Cherish, and it's all about marriage and, and strengthening our marriage relationship, and one of the things that that book, the writer, talks about is this dance of relationships, and that writer compared marriages to a dance, to a ballet, and he talks about how a good marriage is where the two work together to, to lift each other and glorify each other so that the dance works. And so if you think about it, if, if there's a ballet, but, but there's two people that just want, want to look good for themselves, the product might suffer because part of a ballet and part of a dance is the unity and coming together. And so he talks about marriage being like a dance. And then I've been reading a book by Tim Keller about Jesus, and he talks about how this relationship between the Father and the Son and the Spirit is this divine dance where they each want to glorify and lift up each other. It's not about their own will and their own purpose, but they're unified, and they want to lift each other up, and they want to accomplish accomplish the same purpose together. And so we see this perfect relationship where, the father, where Jesus is completely obedient and completely trusts the Father and wants to do the Father's will, but the Father completely gives Jesus authority and trusts Jesus and gives him everything and lets him in on the plan. And we see this perfect relationship. This is it. And let's be honest. This is what we want our relationships to be like, right? Jesus was constantly sneaking away to communicate with the Father, even at his darkest times. Do you know what Jesus did? He snuck away, and he prayed, and he, and he, he sought the Father. Isn't this what we want from our relationships? We want unity. We want good identity. We want value. We want peace. We want communication. Here's the thing. You were created to live in relationship like Jesus had with the Father. You were created for it. And the world might tell you otherwise. The world might tell you that it's okay to be in brokenness and it's okay to be in pain, but you were created for something more. You were created for this beautiful divine dance between the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and you're invited in. And the problem is, None of our human relationships are that. None of our human relationships live up to that. And so what you were created for isn't what you've experienced. But the good news today is this. 
through Jesus, you are invited in to this divine dance. You are invited in to this beautiful relationship where you have unconditional love and peace and value and identity and you can be everything you were created to be because the almighty God loves you. And you can sit around and no matter what happens to you, you can say, I'm loved by the creator and I've got everything I need in the creator. You are invited today into this dance. John chapter 17, verses 20 to 24 says, this is Jesus praying. And Jesus' prayer is this, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me." And so Jesus, in his prayer to the Father, says, I want this for everyone that believes. I want them to come into this relationship and to have this peace and this identity and this unity. And Jesus is praying it for us here today. And so no matter who you are, and no matter what brokenness and pain and what relationships have defined you up to this point, I want you to know this morning that God is inviting you into a perfect relationship where you can have unconditional love and peace and you can be who you were created to be. I, I was thinking about that last line, um, so, that, so that the world would know that you love them just as much as you love me. I had a friend, and I've told you about my friend before when I've preached, but his name was Dennis. And in college, we would visit Dennis in, in Treveca Healthcare Unit. And Dennis had one goal in life, and his goal was to tell everybody that he ran into how much God loved him. And so Dennis would come up to you, and he would say it just like this, how much does he love us? And you'd say, I don't know, Dennis, how much? And he'd say, as much as he loves his own son, isn't that great? And it is great this morning because the news that I've got for you is this, that the father loves you just as much as he loves his own son. And that beautiful moment at the baptism where he says, you're my son who I love, with whom I'm pleased, you can have that today. There's a second part to this. God doesn't want to just invite you into relationship. God wants that relationship to change all your other relationships. And so if we read the last line of Jesus' prayer there, it says, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. And so what Jesus is saying there is very simple. It's that by loving each other and by being unified, the world will know that God loves them. Can I just get really real with you right now? Can we just get real for a moment? That sometimes the world doesn't see a loving God when they look at us? 
Sometimes we're not unified and we don't love each other the way that we should love each other. And when the world looks at us, they don't see a loving God that loves them and wants to invite them into this relationship. Can we be honest this morning and say that sometimes we miss it and we blow it like I did Thursday night with my son? And can we be honest and just say that sometimes we're imperfect? Can I ask you a question this morning? Is there anybody that you're not unified with? Is there any relationship in your life where you're not loving people the way that the Father loves you? Is there any relationship where there's brokenness and pain and where if other people are seeing you, they're missing out on God's great love because they look at us and they say, they obviously don't have it. I'm going to be honest with you, there's a world around us. And I think one of the biggest barriers to them knowing God is that when they look at the church and they look at people that call themselves Christians and sons and daughters of God, they don't see the love of God in their lives. And so this morning, there's two things that are important for us to understand. Number one, you are invited into this divine, beautiful relationship. And I don't know where each of you are, but maybe you've walked through life and you've been through brokenness and you've been through pain and maybe there are a couple relationships that have defined you and have just made you who you are, whether that's for good or bad. I want to tell you something today. The relationship that should define you, the relationship that you should find your identity in and that should give you purpose and peace is a relationship with the Father God. And this morning, if you don't have that, you can The Father is here today and wants to be in relationship with you. And so if you're missing that in your life, I would would ask you to pray. I would ask you to open up your heart and ask God to be in relationship with you. But the second part of this, and I would imagine this is, I'm, I'm talking to most of you at this point, is that let's be honest and say sometimes we blow it. And maybe there's a relationship in your life, maybe there's something, maybe you're not unified with somebody else, maybe there's brokenness and pain in a relationship, whether it's a friend, whether it's a relative, whether it's someone in the church, and sometimes we love God, but we miss out on the fact that God's love for us should change the way that we love each other. And so for those of you here today that are in that relationship with God, But maybe, maybe there's some relationships in your life that are broken. We need to love. We need to be a people of peace and unity and love. And so this morning, as the band comes up and as we get ready to sing a song about the good father, I I want you to think about where you're at. I want you to think about the relationship with the father. And if there's not one, I, I want you to know that it is available to you. But I want you to know that that should affect every other relationship in your life as well. And so in every person that you're dealing with, in every relationship, the love of God that's perfect and unconditional should be the way that we treat others. And so as as the band is singing, I would invite you to pray where you're at, at the altars if you want, and I would ask you to make sure that you're in this divine dance with the Father and the Son and the Spirit and that you're experiencing God's best.
but also that that would change you and make you a person of love so that the wor- when the world outside of these doors looks at us and looks at people that call themselves sons and daughters of God Most High, they will see a God of love. And so as we're singing, be praying, be asking God to transform you, to show you that perfect love so that you can love others.